Happy Father's Day. And also with you. Every day's Father's Day, right? Yeah. And every day's Valentine's Day around our place. Tracy's not here to roll her eyes uh, around. She is uh, helping uh, the family right now packing boxes because we are making a move and we found a place to go, which is a... Thank you. Thank you, Lord. All glory is His. We... We took it right down to the wire, and you know, you always hear me say, it'll be okay. I was puckering a little bit. I said, oh boy, you know, Dad, (laughs) I believe, help me in my unbelief, how are you going to get us out of this? And so he did, and so we found a a great place, and uh, we'll be moving between now and the 30th, and and we're done. So thank you for your prayers, and thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, and so it, it truly is a good Father's Day. I have the announcements that you'll find in the bulletin, but I want to highlight this with a thank you that um, you have been filling up the boxes out there in the narthex for, with food, dried goods and so forth, just faithfully, and I thank you for that because that is benefiting uh, the folks that are served by Lutheran Social Services. Thank you for doing that. And if you have the opportunity and the thought uh, and you're at the store, maybe pick up a little something extra and we can throw it in that box. They come and pick everything up for us. So it's really a very easy uh, ministry to contribute to. And again, thank you for doing that. And then I have other good news for the quilters out there. Are there any one of you that quilts in the, out here? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to pretend for the camera. Oh my gosh, there's a ton. But um, the quilters are coming back together, uh, meeting at the fellowship hall, which they have been absent because of the COVID-19. They are starting back on July the 15th, so I'm excited to welcome them back. And so if that's something that you would like to participate in, by all means, please do. And I think that is about all that fits to tell, except for dads and everyone, anyone that's had a dad anyone that knows a dad, there are these beautiful markers, Bible markers, book markers, and they're out in the narthex. Please grab one or two on your way out, okay? All right, Tim, let's get started.
Wow. <laughs> Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. 
worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for God. Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, in your mercy, guide the course of this world so that your church may joyfully serve you in godly peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Peace be with you. Also, good morning and happy Father's Day out there. Let's get started. Our first reading is in the book of Job, chapter 38, verses 1 through 11. And in God's book in the pew in front of you, it's found on page 835, if you want to follow along. This particular reading uh, talks about the divine discourses. What is that? Um, I can tell you one thing. For Job, it brought Job to complete his faith on God's, in God's goodness without receiving a direct answer to his question. Sometimes fathers don't answer the question directly. Let's look at it. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation. Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions 
Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garments and wrapped it in thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where you, where your proud waves halt. Follow along, if you will, in the, on Psalm 124 in the bulletin. Um, this talks about Israel's release from the Babylonians and when they were captured and served many, many years as slaves. And again, it was the father that was mad and punished them. And fathers sometimes have to punish their children before they learn. So let's take a look at that reading. Starting with verse 1, Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept us over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Next uh, reading is uh, found in uh, page 1799 in the Pew Bible. We'll be reading um, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 through 13. And um, Paul's involved here working with the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, by the way, 6 verses 1 through 13. And he was actually, got, as God's co-workers, it was Paul that was urging them, them, urging you not to receive God's grace in vain. In other words, you should receive his grace and uh, follow is uh, what he wants you to do. For he says, in the time of favor, I heard you. What did he hear? And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Verse three, we put no stumbling block in anyone's path. This is Paul talking. So that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, 
hardships and distress, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left. Through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known, yet regarded as unknown, dying, and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, have nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, then, I speak as, my, as to my children. Open wide your hearts also, shouldn't we? The word of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. This Gospel is of St. Mark. It is found on page 1560 in the Pew Bible. Mark 4, verses 35 through 41. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. How many times do you think you have driven to this church and you arrived at about the expected time that you thought you would arrive and nothing unusual happened during the drive? How many days do we wake up and everything is more or less okay? How often do we go swimming with friends or family and nobody drowns? Do you know that most police officers, when they retire, that the only time that they've drawn and fired their weapon is at the range? Have you ever taken a few moments to think about all of the things that go right in our lives most of the time? We don't think about it very often, but trillions and trillions of things happen around us every instant of our lives. For example, tables, except for this morning, don't fall apart when we set things on them. Chairs do not collapse when we sit in them. We take a breath and air fills our lungs. You can use any or all of your senses, senses and you know, you know that the number of things that happen around you at any given instant is more than you can possibly imagine, possibly understand, or think about. Yet, God does all of these things for you, and for me, and for billions of people around the world. There are more molecules of oxygen and nitrogen and other gases in the air at the tip of your nose than you could count in a lifetime. Yet God actively controls them all continuously from the beginning of time until the end of time. We don't often take time to consider that God tracks each of these molecules on a continuous basis and has done so from the beginning of time. We don't often take time to consider what a big thing it is for God to run the universe. We don't think about God tracking every last subatomic particle in the entire universe and causing them all to obey his will. And, considering this, the sun converting hydrogen into helium and pouring the leftover energy in 
out into space so that a fraction of it can land on planet Earth and sustain life as we know it. Consider, consider that gravity holds this planet in its orbit about the sun, and it also holds us to this planet so that we don't go flying off into space. Consider all these things and more, and the resources that God has as he governs them, all down to the last scintilla, the last tiniest, tiny part of matter and energy. It makes you dizzy just to think about it. And consider the wonder of our God. Consider that he actually pulls it off continuously down through the halls of time, and he never makes one error as he does it. It's mind-boggling. Now, after all of that, imagine Job. As God comes to him in the power of a whirlwind, and he has a few simple questions for Job. He says, hey, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you must know, Job. Or who stretched the line upon it, God asked. On where is its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstones when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? How would you like, think about this, how would you like to be on the witness stand and answer such questions from the Almighty? How would you like it for God to cross-examine you? Isn't it any really any wonder that Job finally said, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. What else could anybody do when God calls them to the carpet? Talk about a come-to-Jesus moment. And, you know, us dads have had those conversations with our children. Maybe we've gotten them from our own fathers. You get called to the carpet. Consider what it means that the God who is in charge of this entire universe. Think about this. The creator of heaven and earth, he personally, he intimately, better than you know, he knows you. This means that he knows the good and the bad about you. How do you feel about that? There's nothing hidden from him. How does that make you feel? What would you do if God came to you in the same way that he came to Job? What would you do if God laid out your life before you in all its sin and shame and he exposed every last detail to the overwhelming light of his law? How does that make you feel? Well, I know that I would want to dig a hole and I'd want to get in it. 
And I'd want to pull that hole in over myself. And I would want to do anything and everything to get away from the many accusations that God would have against me. It would cause more grief than I could bear. It would be devastating. It would be terrifying. Much more terrifying, I estimate, than the whirlwind that appeared to Job. Now consider what it means that the God who is in charge of this entire universe not only knows you, but he loves you. He cares for you. He cares about you more than you can care and do care about yourself. He cares about you enough to do something about the terror that his law causes in your heart and my heart. That is how he and how we come today to the gospel. Where that same God who runs the entire universe is taking a nap. He's taking a nap in a fishing boat on the Sea of Galilee. Think about it. A nap. A simple nap means that the same God who talked to Job out of the whirlwind loved you enough to assume your human mortality into his divine essence. What does that mean? It means that he did more than just walk a mile in your shoes. He walked a lifetime in your skin. And as the writer of Hebrews, or to the Hebrews, says this in Hebrews 4.15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So, in this nap, I used Jesus as a justification for naps at home, by the way, but in this nap, in this nap, we see Jesus, the human being, a man who was tired. After serving others, he was tired. He took a nap. So how do we know this? How do we know that this human being who was taking a nap in the stern of the boat is also the God who spoke to Job? We talked about this a little while ago. Jesus is fully God and fully man. Well, we know that this is the man that talked to Job and because he got up. He got up and he demonstrated his power and his authority by telling the waves and the wind to stop it. And they did. The one who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb, as Ed wrote, read, who made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. That same guy 
is Jesus. By showing his command of the wind and the wave, Jesus showed that he was the same God who interrogated Job. He is the God who created and still commands all of creation. And today's gospel not only tells us that Jesus is both God and man, but it also tells us why it is important that the Son of God assumed a human nature. You see, every storm is an expression of the curse that came when sin entered the world. Our sin not only brings sickness and death to us, but even, even the world was cursed. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write to the Romans in Romans 8.22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Floods, fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, hail, lightning, earthquakes, and all the other natural disasters are a result of the curse that our sin brought into this world. These natural disasters are not only storms that our sin has brought into the world. They, there are other storms that we know about. There are other storms in our lives as well. There are medical storms of infections and heart disease, diabetes and strokes and cancer and, well, viruses. And there are relational storms of broken families and friendships. And there are financial storms of when a company or company closings and layoffs. And ultimately, there is the storm of death that comes to all of us sooner or later. And we may try to deny the existence of sin in our lives, but these storms, both public and private, say otherwise. Although we may be nowhere near the water, these storms often give us the same sinking feeling that the disciples had on the Sea of Galilee. We may indeed ask the same question that the disciples ask when they said, Teacher, do you not care we are perishing? I wouldn't do it this way. Maybe he's mad at me. Have you ever felt that? Like Job's friends, boy, you must have done something awful bad for him to put that on you. Have you ever done that, heard that from the accuser? We may indeed come to the point that we wonder if God really cares for us. It is in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the fact that the Son of God assumed a human nature that we see God's care. We know the nature of the Father because we witness the nature of the Son through Scripture. 
In Jesus Christ, God assumed human nature to save humans from their nature, their sinful nature. For our own sin has doomed us to perish, not just from this earth, but from also the blessings that God's presence is with us. We, we were, before God came to us, and before we were baptized, we were the walking dead without hope. And we would be lost forever unless we are delivered from sin, death, and everlasting condemnation. But the Father of all mercy and grace, he sent his Son, Jesus Christ, who, as you know, atoned for the sin of the whole world, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The one who stilled the water and even walked on the water eventually spilled forth water. As Christ's dead body hung from the cross in John 19.34, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. And with that water and that blood, the one who brought peace to the wind and the water also brought peace between man and God. And from his baptism in the water of the Jordan to the pouring forth of the water from his heart, Jesus sanctified and instituted all waters to be a blessed flood and a washing away of sin in these waters. He removed all sin from us and took it on himself so that he could withstand the justice of God in our place. And with the pouring forth of the water and the blood in his suffering and death on that cross, Jesus satisfied God's justice. He satisfied our justice against our sin. The water that poured forth from Jesus' side as he hung dead on the cross, it reminds us of another pouring of water, water that joins us to Christ in that font, the water of holy baptism. That it is in that water that we receive the credit that Christ earned for us by his death on the cross. It is also with that water that we receive the blessing of his resurrection. For Christ did not remain in the grave, we know that, but after he conquered death, he rose from the death never to die again. Just as the holy baptism unites us to Christ in his death, so also it unites us to a res resurrection so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. That is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verse 4. That's a big deal. In conclusion, Jesus Christ is both fully God and fully man. With that combination, we find our full salvation from sin, death, and the power of the devil. 
and in his humanity, he was able to suffer on the cross in our place and for our good. And in his deity, he was able to defeat our foes and rise from the dead to give us eternal life. It is in the person of Jesus Christ who both took a nap and stilled the storm that we have our faith and the promise of eternal life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Here goes. Take heart, my friend. We'll go together this uncertain road that lies ahead. Our faithful God has always gone before us and he will lead the way once again take heart my friend we can walk together and if our burdens become too great we can hold up and help one in God's love, in God's grace Take heart, my friend, the Lord is with us As He has been all the days of our lives Our assurance every morning Defender in the night. If we should falter when trouble surrounds us, when the wind and the waves are wild. Every morning, our defender. 
Please stand if you're able. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for all people in accordance to their needs. We thank you, Lord, for your steadfast love and your wondrous works to the children of men. You hold power over the wind and wave and sin and death. Deliver us from every trouble and distress and bring us at last to our eternal haven. Lord, in your mercy. God of our salvation, you have ushered in the favorable time and day of salvation through the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Support all your ministers and remove all obstacles from hearing and believing the word that they preach. Let your grace be proclaimed through every hardship, every struggle and suffering and encourage us by the example of many saints to consider ourselves rich and alive despite every opposition. For since we have Christ, we possess everything. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, open wide the hearts of Christians to one another, especially within the home and between neighbors. Let love be genuine speech truthful, and patience constant. Let us commend ourselves in everything as those known by God's love and, therefore, unashamed to serve one another. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of all knowledge, you alone with the Son and the Holy Spirit laid the earth's foundations and set the limits and order of our universe. 
Bless all noble sciences that plumb the depths of your creation. Give students and professors and researchers joy in their discoveries and humility before your majesty. That at all times you may be acknowledged as the true God and judge. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you rule this world by your power. Give to our civil servants respect and recognition of your creation and its nature. And when they use the authority given them from above, let it be in accord with your good design for our world and not the corruption of sin, which they are to rebuke for the good of their citizens. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, you see that we are perishing, yet you bid us to set our fears aside and trust in you for the sake of Christ, by whose blood we have received peace from our troubled consciences. Do not reject our prayers for their faithfulness or their faithlessness, but teach us to trust in you fully. Give your protection and peace to those in need. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Lord, we join with the sons of God and shout for joy as Christ Jesus gives to us his true body and blood in the Lord's Supper. Let us not doubt but firmly believe that your words, that you who formed our world and its matter know well how to present us our forgiveness in the sacrament. Lord, in your mercy, these and whatever else you would have us ask of you, O God, grant us for the sake of Jesus Christ your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace any way you want. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts 
of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. We know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer together that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The same God that spoke to Job, that calmed the waves after taking a nap, that died on that cross, his body, his blood given for you, meets you right here at, that, at this rail with his body and his blood for the forgiveness of sins that rescues you from death, from the devil, and imparts on you eternal life. It's quite a meal. It came at quite a, a cost, but it comes with love of the creator of heaven and earth that loves you so much that he wants you to be with him forever. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Boy, it's nice to see all your faces without the... Man, it's just, this is, this is wonderful. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, before you get started on this, um, this song is my fault. I, my father-in-law sang this song to his oldest daughter. This was before he became my father-in-law and before Tracy and I started dating. But I heard this man sing this song to his daughter and to the crowd that had gathered a family for this wedding. And I remember thinking, wow, this man loves Jesus. This man gets the gospel. It was a gift to me. He sang it at Tracy and our wedding and then to Tracy's little sister, Well, it, it was a gift from him to his daughters, and it's a gift that I want to share with you. Amen. I sent home from school one day with a shiner on my eye Fighting was against the rules and it didn't matter why When Dad got home I told that story just like I'd rehearsed Then stood there on those trembling knees and waited for the worst And he said, let me tell you a secret about a father's love A secret that my daddy said Was just between us He said daddies don't just love their children Every now and then It's a love without end, amen It's a love without end, amen When I became a father in the spring of 81 There was no doubt that stubborn boy Was just like my father's son And when I thought my patience Had been tested to the end I took my daddy's secret And I passed it on to him I said, let me tell you a secret About a father's love secret that my daddy said was just between us I said daddies don't just love their children every now and then It's a love without end, amen It's a love without end, amen Last night I dreamed I'd died and stood outside those pearly gates When suddenly I realized there must be some mistake If they know half the things I've done they'll never let me in and Then somewhere from the other side I heard these words again And they said let me tell you a secret about a father 
father's love A secret that my daddy said was just between us You see, daddies don't just love their children every now and then It's a love without 